You're listening to Leveling Up, where we'll show you how to win at the game of life and business. It's time to power up your skills through life gamification with your host, Eric Sue. All right, everyone, please welcome David Spinks, who is the co-founder of CMX and VP of Community for Bevy. And he's also got a book called The Business of Belonging. And he's also got a podcast called Masters of Community. So I had to have David on the podcast because I was actually listening to a podcast where he was talking about community. And to me, I believe community is a role that's been around for a while, but it's kind of really taking off now. And back in 2010, when people thought social media was not going to be a role to be taken seriously, I feel like that's what community is nowadays. But anyway, we'll touch upon that in a little bit. But first and foremost, Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Very honored to be here. Yeah. So great to have you here. So I guess, why don't we start off on that point? Do you agree or disagree with the point that I just made about kind of where community is going and where it's at right now? So like the relation with like social media, basically? Yeah, I think it's just like people were kind of like, it was like social media was like an afterthought in 2010, right? Like that can't be like a real job. And I feel like that's kind of where community is today. And it's it's growing. Yeah, definitely. It's very different than social media. So I'll point that out because a lot of people conflate community management with social media. Social media is you know generally about building an audience and promotion and awareness. Community is about connecting people to each other. But as an industry, yeah, it kind of feels like where social media was. But I would say even much more so than the social media industry, the social media professional world, community is becoming more of a staple in the company. We're seeing chief community officers. We're seeing entire community departments with a great deal of specialization within the role of community. And so it's becoming you know, a pretty mature, ingrained part of how businesses are built today. Yep. And I forgot to give a little backstory too. So CMX, world's largest network for community professionals. We can talk about that one a little bit. And in 2019, CMX was acquired by Bevy, which is a leading provider of community software for companies like Slack, Twitch, Salesforce, and Duolingo. So I think that context would definitely be helpful in helping everyone understand that David knows his stuff when it comes to community. So I guess you know one way I look at community too is that it's to me, you mentioned kind of audience and community, right? So how are the two kind of different to you. Mm, I love it. I was literally just thinking about this topic this morning. And I feel like I've come up with a lot of different definitions for this question. But the one that's top of mind for me today is that an audience is about getting people to care about the creation. Community is about getting people to care about each other. So an audience is like, we have a podcast, we built a product, we created art, we have a DAO, with a big mission. And so if everyone cares about what it is you built, then that's a great, highly engaged audience. But it becomes a community when those people start to care about each other, when they are willing to make each other's problems into their own problems and step up for each other when they need them. So that's, I think, the fundamental difference between audience and community. Or another fun way to visualize it, Chris Brogan said this a long time ago, is it depends on which way the chairs are facing. So if all the chairs are facing forward, it's an audience. If all the chairs are facing each other, it's a community. I love that. And so to me, community is, it's almost a form of, it's like a retention mechanism at the end of the day, right? So you're able to build an audience. People come for you initially, but people stay. I got this from my friend, Jason Gagnard, who has a community. And he said that you people end up staying for the community, right? So that's why I think it's going to be so important in the future. And you know, working on our NFT project right now called Leveling Up Heroes and 
that's probably the most important thing, right? Getting the right community managers and growing it. And at the same time, I'm talking to these community managers and they're heavily underpaid or they're not paid at all. <laughs> and so that's why I think the space is so nascent right now. By the way, it's also incredibly hard to find community managers, right? So, you know, how do you go about finding and before I even ask you how to find community managers, so that's the question. I just want to preface this with, with saying that, like, you know, when we do our event for marketing school or any of our other events, it's just like, if you don't have a community manager, then there's not going to be anyone kind of quarterbacking these relationships, right? Or quarterbacking the experience. Totally. And then it ends up falling flat, right? I guess, how do you solve for that problem, you know, initially? And then we can talk about how to hire community managers. Well, I want to challenge something you said before as well, where you said community is all about retention. Yes, but that's the table stakes. What community is really ultimately about where the value really shows up is in community driving creation, right? Another definition of audience versus community is audiences drive people to consume, communities drive people to create. And so ultimately, what scales a community, and to answer your question, what makes the community dynamics work, what makes a community ecosystem work is members of the community feeling that sense of belonging, feeling so engaged, feeling like they care about other members to the extent that they raise their hand and they want to be involved in some way. Maybe they want to host an event or at the event, maybe they want to host a discussion. Maybe they want to be part of the welcome committee. Maybe they want to speak. Maybe they want to create content. There's all these different ways that people can contribute and create to the ecosystem that you're building. And that's why community scales in a way that traditional marketing and business never could, because you're essentially tapping into this vast ecosystem of people who want to be a part of what you're building and contribute to it. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, I can totally see that. So how do you get people to start creating, right? So like a DAO, we can go into what a DAO means in, in a second, but that seems to make sense because people are incentivized. But how have you, like, what's been a good example of a community that you've seen? Because I think people like examples, right? Where you've seen people in the community actually start to create. I mean, there's so many good ones, right? Like, first of all, you can't get people to do anything that they aren't intrinsically motivated to do. So it's not about forcing people to take an action. It's about identifying the people who have the motivation and setting them up for success. Lots of really good examples out there. Duolingo is a really good one where literally the entire platform is built by the community. Right? Duolingo is a language learning platform, over 300 million users. They have over 80 different courses that you can take. And those courses, the language courses, were created by members of the community who could speak Spanish and English or French and German and provide the translations and the content. And then what happened was the members of that community wanted to practice their languages with each other because you can only learn so much from the app. You really learn a language by practicing it with other people. And so what they did is they empower their community to self-organize local events around the world. And at their peak, they were running 2,600 events a month with a team of three people by empowering community members to self-organize those events. And you can find examples like that everywhere, whether it's Google's Google Developer Groups, which has over a thousand chapters around the world of engineers working on the Google platform, Salesforce's Trailblazer program. There's lots of different incredible examples of communities built by brands. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like maybe it's creating an amazing experience and then letting people, letting the shits fall where they may, right? Still, I would say, I mean, on my side, it's still like, even if you create that amazing experience and people are creating, it still seems to serve as a Maybe I'm oversimplifying here, but it does seem to really help with retention at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, it does retention. But my point was, it's so much more than that. In addition, like baseline, if someone feels a sense of belonging as part of your community, as, as a customer or a user of your product, then they will become more loyal. 
they will increase their usage, their lifetime value will go up. All those things are true. But where community really takes off is where you start to see how it activates people to contribute in some way. And I also challenge that it's not just about you know letting the chips land where they are. I think going back to your other question about having a community manager, it's extremely important that you have a person on your team. If you really want to drive this and capture its value, you need to have someone with experience at facilitating community, at activating those contributors, at building the scalable programs, systems, codes of conduct, governance, engagement programs, reward systems. It's extremely complex work that you have to bring a lot of energy and intention to in order to make it work. And so hire, hire someone that knows what they're doing and build a real community team if you truly want to invest in this. Yep. So let's talk about that part now. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about the people, right? So how do you go about finding the most amazing community managers? And this might dovetail a little bit into CMX and what it is. Yeah. Go to CMX. We have a great job board. It's free. Go to cmxhub.com slash jobs. You can also hire from your community sometimes, especially if it's a very junior level position. Maybe you have a community member that's been extra active and involved and you want to give them a more formal role. You can do that. But there is an ecosystem of community professionals who have been doing this work for a long time. There are definitely tens of thousands of them. And to your point, a lot of them are overworked or underpaid or spread thin. So if you're ready to really invest in this and you're ready to like compensate them well and give them autonomy and give them the ability to really succeed, there's a lot of really great people there who would love to work for you in building community. That's awesome. So yeah, cmxhub.com. And then let's talk a little bit about Bevy. What does Bevy do exactly? Yeah. So Bevy is a software platform that powers basically like the event programs that I described before. So Bevy came out of Startup Grind, which is one of the largest startup communities in the world, 600 chapters around the world. And they built the tool for themselves. Because if you think about running a community program where you have a local team running a chapter in 600 places around the world, and now imagine each of those teams is using whatever event tool they want, all of the data about who RSVP'd or attended those events are all living in these different buckets. They have to send you spreadsheets. You have to try to organize it. You can't control the branding and design in all of these different chapters. So they built the tool for themselves for Startup Grind. And then that turned into the SaaS product that is Bevy today, which is basically a platform for powering all of your community-led events. You can run your virtual conferences on there now, virtual meetups. We have a full virtual events platform. And then you can empower members of your community to set up their own chapters. Attendees can subscribe to those chapters. So they get information just for the you know Chicago meetup or whatever it is. And you build out the entire community ecosystem all in one centralized tool. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I think investors are taking a spot. I mean, this space really seriously too, seeing that Bevy raised $61 million, right? Totally. So definitely check out CMX Hub and Bevy. And so David, I want to go to some of the tweets that you put out here and just call them out. Oh. And then maybe you can explain some of these. The hot takes. <laughs> yeah. So you had this one tweet talking about you know, not rushing to grow your community. Being small is a mm. critical stage where you get to be hands-on with forming the culture. When new members join, they'll see the existing example of how to act in the community and will replicate it. It's vital that you set the right example. And then I think this is on the same tweet as well, but maybe it's not. Actually, I don't think it is. So maybe if you can expand on kind of the tweet I just mentioned, would yeah. be great. Yeah, I think it's just one of the most common mistakes you see businesses make, and especially in Web 3.0, where you launch a new NFT collection or a new DAO, and you want to launch with a bang and like increase the value of the art or the tokens, then you try to go big really fast. 
The problem with that is you miss a really prime opportunity to build an intentional community because exactly that people will replicate the example they see. I just watched a video today, actually, how they did an experiment where they put someone in a room, in a waiting room. They thought they were waiting for a psychological experiment that they're participating in, but that was the experiment. And they start pumping smoke into the room and everyone else in the room is an actor and none of the other people move at all. And 90% of the people in that room also just like went about their business and didn't move and didn't do anything, even though smoke was pouring into the room. But when they removed all the actors, 70% of the people, the room, right? So it just goes to show how influenced we are by the people around us in a room. And so when you join a community, what you do is you look at how are people treating each other? What questions are people asking? What does a good answer look like? What are people being rewarded for socially? right? What actions are being valued here? What is the tone? What is the vibe? And so if you launch with a thousand members right away, it's really hard to design the example that you want people to replicate, right? And you lose control. But if you start really small and curated, you can handpick the 20 people that really embody the values of your community, that have a very genuine intrinsic motivation to participate in the community, that you think are thoughtful and will have really good quality content. And you can ask them to help you seed the community with valuable content and interactions and create the culture of the community. So now as you start to open it up, you know, you go from 20, I like just doing 2x, 20 to 40 to 80 to 160 and so on. Now, all those people who enter the community will see that example. And now you've really been able to design the culture of the community in an intentional way. Got it. And so, I mean, I think this is a good segue into talking about Web3, DAOs, and uh, you know, a lot of my audience, this is still a very new world, right? And to me, what I'll say is this feels very much like the gaming days of when I was like maybe like nine years old or so where I use internet relay chat instead of Discord. And mm-hmm. there was very much community there. It feels the same way right now. So can you explain in layman's terms what Web3 is and what DAOs are? And then we can kind of go into them a little bit. I mean, I am not an expert in Web 3.0. I am dipping my toes into it and learning about the interesting community dynamics in Web 3.0. I agree. I also feel like similar dynamics to gaming. Where I first got my start in community was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. I was one of the top players in that game in the world. We started a forum that turned into one of the top communities for that game. And I was in middle school. I was 14 years old and managing a community with hundreds of members and trolls and contests and all that. So... A lot of similar vibes. Web 3.0, I mean, when you talk about Web 3.0, you're talking about NFTs and DAOs and basically just the entire crypto ecosystem, essentially anything that's built on the blockchain. And what's interesting about this whole ecosystem when it comes to community is that community is core to it because it's all driven by people contributing, whether it's contributing through ownership of the token or joining a DAO and being able to vote and actually contribute to building the company. DAO being a decentralized autonomous organization. NFTs are completely driven by like, do people believe in the ecosystem and the community that's being built around the NFT collection, around the art, around the creators, around the story, around the roadmap and the health of the community? I think if we looked at the data, which I haven't seen this yet, but I would say health of the community directly correlates to the success of these projects. Yeah, I mean, it's everything. I mean, we've seen some of these projects recently that Mechaverse came out a couple of weeks ago. This is an NFT project. And I think they did over like $80 million in volume or whatever. And it's all community driven. A lot of these 
platforms, I mean, these NFTs, they like start their Twitter profile like two, three months ago, and then boom, all of a sudden they have 70,000, 80,000 people <laughs> on them, right? Yeah. I don't know how they're doing it exactly, but it's just kind of nuts to me. But it is very clear to me as a marketer that community is the number one thing here. And not even having one community manager, you almost need like five to 10 or 15 for each mm-hmm. of these kind of large ones, right? So I guess, do you have like a special ratio for that? It's like for X amount of people, you need one community manager. No, there isn't a default ratio because it also depends on the kind of community and and how many active members you have and what the ecosystem is. Mm -hmm. But my recommendation, Philip Bordeaux ran community at Wikipedia. He's one of the most experienced community professionals out there. And he said something to me a long time ago that stuck with me was the community professional's job is to push out control. And so in theory, even one person can manage a really large ecosystem by pushing out control to others in the community. You know, you ask members of the community to become moderators, to become facilitators, to take on roles in the community. And especially with DAOs, you have an opportunity to actually reward them with tokens for that kind of contribution as well. So, you know, I would say just like look at the situation you're dealing with. And if you are now, if there's more hours that you're putting into managing this ecosystem than you have in the day, then it's a good opportunity to say like, what are things that I can start handing off to volunteer leaders within the community? And when you think back to your Tony Hawk days as a 14 year old building out this community, how many hours do you think you were putting in individually in maybe the first like 90 days or so? I just want people to understand that this stuff takes work. So do you have a rough idea? I mean, in middle school, not that much. I had to still go to school. So I guess like a few hours a day, probably. I also had two other people working on it with me as my clan co-founders. But I mean, you know, I've run lots of communities and run CMX. It's more than a full-time job. It's a ton of work to do well. And, And there's always more you can do. That's the thing with community. You can always have more engagements and more programs that you're running and more rewards and more things that you can do to engage people more thoughtfully more experiences. So there's more to do. And the more you put the right resources behind it, the more impact you'll be able to have for the community. I mean, that's no small feat, right? A couple hours a day is still a lot for anybody that has like, you know, maybe they just had like a baby like you, right? Or maybe they had like, (laughs) they started a business or whatever. And so you actually, I remember listening to a podcast, you're talking about how to measure success for community managers, right? And you had this whole entire framework. I think you had an acronym for it as well. So do you want to talk about that? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So measuring community is a big topic. When you look at measuring your community, I recommend breaking it down into three levels. Number one is the business impact. So why are you building the community in the first place? What is the revenue-based outcome that you'll get out of launching and running this community? Level two is community-level programs. So is your community active? Is it engaged? Is it welcoming? Is it healthy? And then level three is tactical. So like, what are you doing on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis to grow the community programs at level two that lead to the business impact at level one? And those tactics can be, I'm going to invite 50 members. I'm going to welcome 20 members. I'm going to send 20 emails. Like, I'm going to host three events. Like, Whatever the tactics you're doing in order to drive the programs are, and you measure the success. Like, Did that post work? Did the event work? On the business level, I think the acronym you're referring to is called the SPACES model. And so that's where you think about the different impact that community can drive for your business. And when you think about it, Basically, community is an accelerant for things that your business is already doing. So you're thinking about what is the objective for our business that we're trying to drive and how can we build community in order to accelerate that impact? And spaces, you can look it up and go in more detail at cmxhub.com and just Google spaces, but it stands for support. So you can think of like support forums. That's where your goal is to help customers answer questions for each other and solve problems for each other. P is for product. 
where you're collecting feedback and insight and members can share their ideas and talk about ideas with each other for how to improve your product. A is for acquisition. So community that drives new leads, new users, new growth. C is for contribution. So if you have a platform like a DAO or Airbnb or Wikipedia or Twitch, it requires people to contribute to the platform in order for it to work. And so you build a community for your contributors to make them really successful. E is for engagement, which is what we talked about before, customer retention, customer engagement, increasing customer lifetime value by engaging people through community, you increase that loyalty and retention. And then the final S is success. So where support is more reactive, people have questions and you're just answering those questions. Success is more proactive. We want to teach you how to better use our product, how to be more successful in your career, and how do you empower your community members to teach each other and help each other grow. I love that. I mean, everyone, you should probably rewind on that section. Definitely go to Google, Google uh, Spaces CMX Hub. I'm sure you'll find it that way. And so I want to call it one more tweet and we can work towards wrapping up a couple more questions from my side. So you talked about how most companies launch communities, right? And so step number one is launch a community platform. So that's step number one. Step number two is create an engagement plan. Step number three is identify business and member goals. Okay. So that's how most companies launch communities. You said that the right way to launch communities, in your opinion, is number one, identify business and member goals. Two, create an engagement plan. Three, launch a community platform. So could you expand on the right way to do it? Yeah. So basically that tweet is just like, it's flipped, right? I think most businesses go about it backwards. They say, we want to launch a community and they go right into the tactics. And what we just talked about, the three levels of community strategy and measurement, you should start with the business level and then design the community programs that help you achieve that business goal and then design the tactics to achieve the community goals that achieves the business goal. But what a lot of companies do is they just start by like launching the Discord, hosting an event. They just start building engagement. And then later they say, well, what was the value of all that to our business? And it's backwards and it's really hard to prove value in that way. And so the premise of this is there are countless ways that we can build community today. Online, offline, forums, message boards, events, discussion groups, discords, there's just message chats, like anything that you can do to connect people. But if you understand what is the business outcome that you were trying to drive, then that serves as an important constraint to say, okay, what are the kinds of community tools and programs and experiences that we can create that we believe will drive that business value. And then you create the tactics that help you create that program. And now as a result, if you're a community team and you're getting to the end of the quarter or the end of the year, you can very clearly say, here's the business goal we tried to reach, right? Like we chose acquisition and our goal was to drive 100 new leads through community programs. So we ran three events and launched an online community space. And as a result, we were able to drive 120 new leads for the business through these programs. And you can have a very clear case for the business impact that community had on the business. I love that. I mean, this kind of is the same thing with hiring. A lot of people is like, oh, I need to hire. And then they just like, they don't think about what the goals are. They just throw up a job description. Sometimes it's a cut and paste thing. And then what ends up happening is like, they're unhappy and person's unhappy, right? So same deal here. So Let's talk about your book a little bit, The Business of Belonging. So what is the book about and who is it for? Yeah. So the book is basically a collection of all of my lessons and insights and the frameworks, some of which we talked about here in this interview, all condensed into one guide that I hope makes the path 100 times easier for the next generation of community builders and community teams than I had it. And it's created, I think, primarily for community teams, for the person whose job it is to build community 
It is an end-to-end guide on how to design your community experience, tactics that you can use to drive community, how to measure business value, kind of everything you need to be really successful in your work. But a lot of founders and executives are also reading the book just to better understand the world of community, understand how to hire for it more properly, and understand their role in building community for their own businesses as well. I love that. And so people can pick that up on Amazon, I'm assuming? Yeah, anywhere that you can buy books. Okay, sounds good. And then follow-up question, what is one must-read book you think everyone should check out that's not authored by you? (laughs) Well, I only have one, so not that one. That's a hard question. There's so many good ones. I really loved Sapiens. Interestingly enough, not necessarily about community, but I learned so much about community from it just to understand the fundamentals of what makes us human and why we connect in the way we do, what drives us to connect. I just found it so fascinating. And I feel like I, I bring that into my work all the time. Love it. And then let's talk about your podcast a little bit too. So what is that one about? And who's that for? Yeah. Masters of Community, similar audience, anyone who's building community or trying to learn how to build community for their business. My guests are a range of different people who are experts on community, whether they are a lot of authors who have expertise in an area that's directly community-focused or related to community. I just had an incredible interview about storytelling and how you can use storytelling to build community. Community professionals with really deep experience and uh, founders of community-driven businesses are the kinds of guests I have on there. We release a new interview every week with an incredible community expert. Love it. And what's one amazing tool or an app that you've added in the last year that's been very helpful? So it could be like a Peloton bike or it could be like literally some app. (laughs) That I've used. I don't know, maybe my ring light for these videos. (laughs) Well, let me think of a community one. There's one really cool tool that's coming out that we're going to be testing is called orbit.ai. They have two eyes, O-R-B-I-I-T.ai. We're also using a tool called Orbit that's orbit.love, but they're different tools. So I'll I'll shout out both of them. Orbit.ai does one-on-one introductions at scale for your community. So they use AI to identify members that might want to meet each other, and they introduce them to each other to set up a call. And then you as a community organizer get a lot of interesting data on who's connecting with who in your community. And then Orbit.love is another really cool tool that's aiming to help you essentially measure your community. And they look at kind of like levels of gravity within your community to understand who's most engaged, who's on the cusp of becoming unengaged that you might want to connect with, and how do you essentially scale how you build your community by using data. Wow, this is fascinating. So Orbit.love, I mean, it has integrations with Slack, Discord, etc. And then Orbit.ai, do they have any integrations as well? Or is it just a little different? Well, no, right now it lives on its own platform and essentially just functions through email. So Uh, it sends email introductions between members. And so basically, if we want to launch it for CMX, for example, we'll send out the link to everyone in in the CMX community to sign up for that program. And then that will start facilitating the interaction. Now, of course, what's really interesting in the community world right now is like the data ecosystem and how it's developing. For my entire career, there's been almost no development in the data ecosystem, which is wild because there's so much interesting data in community. So now if you use a tool like Orbit.ai, I want to be able to port that data into Orbit.love. So now Orbit.love gives me a centralized view of how are people participating in Orbit.ai, in my Discord, in my Facebook group, in my events, and Bevy, right? Like how do I centralize all that data into one place? 
and Orbit.Love, Comsor, Common Room. There's a bunch of new players in the space that are trying to tackle that problem. Fascinating. I'm going to check these out afterwards. Well, Dave, this has been great. What's the best way for people to find you online? Uh, you can find me at David Spinks on Twitter. My DMs are open. I do free office hours every Friday. So always happy to help other community builders and entrepreneurs. Uh, that's probably the easiest place to find me. All right, Dave. Thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate you having me. You may have completed this level, but many more bosses await. If you're looking to level up in marketing or business, just go to singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up to get access to our individual and team training programs. That's singlegrain.com forward slash leveling dash up.